Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is 3PL sales will never be the same with my friend, Ryan Mann. How's it going, Ryan? It's going great, Joe. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, yes, yes. Glad to have you. So please introduce yourself and your company and where you're at. Yeah. My name is Ryan Mann. I'm the director of Lean Marketing, and I am currently in sunny Flower Mound, Texas, just outside of Dallas-Fort Worth. Very, very nice. Very nice. We were talking about Texas before we hit the record button. And I was saying from a Midwesterner's perspective, parts of Texas just look like a big desert because Ryan was telling me he got sick from the sand there. I was like, damn, that we get sick for other reasons here in the Midwest. Yeah. Last week was, was definitely a bad week for Ryan's sinuses. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Beautiful place though. Beautiful place and a huge place. So, I always joke to my friends in Texas, do we all have to move there? Because it seems as if everybody's moving there. (laughs) There's plenty of room. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So, Ryan, tell us about where you grew up and where you went to school. So I grew up in Flower Mound, Texas, which I just recently moved back here with my own family to raise my family. And where's that at? Where's that near? So Flower Mound is just north of Dallas-Fort Worth International Airport. So you have Grapevine and Grapevine Lake, and Flower Mound's just the other side of that lake. So it was a good 10-minute drive from the airport. And then I went to school at Flower Mound High School, and then I graduated college at Texas Tech University. Go Red Raiders. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so you with all the sports teams down in Texas, you cheer for Dallas. And I've always thought most states don't have to worry about having three professional teams in their first <laughs> given sport. Texas yeah. does. Yeah, and I grew up playing soccer, and the only team there for a little while was the Dallas Burn. So we were always, you know, Dallas Burn fans, and they would turn into FC Dallas. And then Houston Dynamo came along, and now we have Austin FC, which is – so now we have three professional soccer teams, and – Of course. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I guess we got professional soccer here. I'm still not quite a soccer fan. People my age, we were forced to play soccer, but we were forced because they always said soccer is the biggest sport in the world. And we're like, yeah, but it's soccer. Uh, (laughs) There's a lot of running. If you don't, if you don't like to run, then it's probably not your thing. I look at soccer as like baseball. I don't love watching. I love playing baseball, but I don't love watching it because it's too long. Mm-hmm. And soccer is kind of the same thing. I look and go, yeah, the people playing, I always seem to love it. I'm not a big fan of watching it. but And I always think if you made those goals really big and the score ended up being like nine to seven, that'd be a great game. But can you have <laughs> one to nothing? No, thanks. <laughs> I understand. Us stars will die off soon, Ryan. It'll all be a soccer <laughs> world. Yeah. So when did you join Lean? I joined Lean Solutions Group when they were still Lean Staffing last year in June. So right at the height of the pandemic, everything was closed down, and, and that's when I got brought on board. So where did you work prior to that? Tell us a little bit about your career. Before that, I was at Griffin Week Advertising, working as a project coordinator where I was responsible for, well, a lot more than just project coordination. I was building a lot of operational plans and processes and and implementing those processes throughout the organization. When COVID hit, 
I got brought into my boss's office on Thursday afternoon, and we had planned to do a mixed remote work situation for the company, transition that in June. So I had a few months to build this plan. And he pulled me in the office on Thursday afternoon. He said, we got to go remote on Monday. (laughs) So I spent the next 48 hours developing, completing the plan, getting the software stack in order and making sure that things were signed up. People were familiar with the tools. And then on Monday, we all went home and been working remote ever since. So ended up being a, a good thing. They are still working remotely. They actually just canceled their office lease entirely. And they're just, yeah, there's going to be some emails that ever go back. Yeah, there's going to go back. So what drew you to lean? So in February of last year, before I was actually brought on board, I started contracting. I've always done freelance marketing and and contract work as a digital marketer because that's how you get experience. It's not your degree. (laughs) I didn't get a degree in marketing, but I read a lot of books and I just put myself out there and started doing it. So I had been managing social media platforms and pages for a few years at this point. Gina Mann, the vice president of marketing for Lean Solutions Group, she got in and realized they're not doing anything. They're not doing any marketing. <laughs> they have a marketing <laughs> department that's not doing any marketing. So she was like, well, we need to we need to get social media going at a minimum, get some quick wins. So she brought me in to, to do some contract work, and that's how it started. Nice, nice. So today's topic is 3PL sales will never be the same. So what are some of the reasons? I know I definitely know this is true, and we talked when we were prepping, but to talk about some of the reasons. What's the number one reason you see why we are never going to be the same the way we used to be, I'll say pre-COVID, but it began, some of these trends began even before COVID, but they were accelerated. Yeah. So what's the first yeah. one? I think that the first one is certainly video, right? All <laughs> oh, video yeah. is, is massive. If, if you're not investing in video and if you're not doing anything like that or getting people in front of the camera and, and using that for social media, you're missing out because that's a lot of people are engaging with people do business with people always been the the truth right and in a world where you can't meet face to face it's nice to show your face and video right. to do that it's been very interesting because there's uh, if you go on linkedin i'm on linkedin all day and you see certain people so i have my friend andrew kelly does a really good job with video and then he'll write some stuff about it uh, michael Nemi, there's chris jolly these are just some of the people in my network um uh, i think nicole barrett nicole glenn They've all done like a really good job. And it's not, hey, go into a studio and create it, to your point. It's, I put my camera here or my uh, webcam, and bam, I created content. And when you think about video, it's not just slapped up on LinkedIn. It's on YouTube. And I think that more and more business people are using YouTube to connect with their customers. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube is a great tool. I mean, from the marketing perspective, if you have a service or an offering, we're talking a lot about sales, but part of that, you know, sales has changed and marketing's changed right along with it. Whereas marketing's job was really like, okay, get leads, 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 fill the pipeline with MQLs and, and bad leads. We just want to see the numbers. We want to hit metrics. I think today it's different. I think that the role of the marketer is shifting to one, facilitate connection. So that means using salespeople in, in your marketing plan. And the way that you can do that is through video, like what we're talking about through YouTube. And then the other is education. And that's what I love YouTube for is people go to YouTube to get educated. Now they don't want to read a 4,000 word 
white paper <laughs> or article about something, right? They, they want to consume that information within two minutes. And video is a great way to do that. You know, it is interesting. I like to read sometimes and I sometimes like to watch the videos. And I also like to uh, listen to podcasts. So I always think, yeah, we used to have the choice of you will read. That's it. <laughs> and now we have so many more choices. So I think you're trying to educate a customer and get them in there. During their buying cycle, you're trying to wedge your way in there as one of the people who's educating them about what to buy. So anyway, we see the videos easier to make than ever before. We see them on YouTube and business people are using YouTube in a way that they never did in the past. I mean, it is blowing up. So you're seeing more and more people make investments there. But also it's it's these other things like TikTok and Instagram, right? I don't use, I guess I have an Instagram account. I don't use TikTok, but my kids constantly send me TikTok things, many that have to be interpreted for me, but I get lots of TikTok things sent to me. Yeah, yeah. TikTok is, I like it. It's fun. There's a lot of funny people on it. I was a huge fan of Vine before it got shut down. That was actually my favorite social right. platform to be on because it's just hilarious. There's people on there that are just hilarious. You just like to laugh. Same thing with TikTok. Yeah, so Vines used to be part of Snapchat, right? No, Vine was its own platform. Who bought that then? I remember it being there for six months. They just shut it off. One day they just decided they were. So we have on Instagram, we have what was that reels or is that what Mm -hmm. they have there? Yep. Instagram reels. Yeah. So I can't keep up with all this. And I always say like when somebody says you should get on that, I was like, I already waste enough time on social media. (laughs) I love social media. Don't get me wrong, but I find I can waste time on it too. So anyway, when we talk about video, we're talking about LinkedIn. We see people posting videos more and more. And I've said this, to people, it's almost as if a little bit of Instagram culture came onto LinkedIn and people are telling their stories and people are sharing personal stuff like, hey, you know, this is my wedding anniversary, stuff that maybe wouldn't have hit our professional profile in the past. And I think maybe since we're all working remotely, we all just feel like we've kind of moved into everybody's life because I saw your cat walk across the screen a few times. <laughs> so, Which brings us to the second topic, which is Zoom. Zoom is another thing that has changed us in sales and marketing. We're never, ever going back. Yeah. Zoom fatigue is real, though. Uh, I know I get a little bit tired of being on it all day long, but it is a great tool. I'm glad that I don't have to travel around and go all these different places to make things happen. Oh, yeah. Well, we were just talking about that is... If you have to get on a plane and go meet everyone you're working with, it's sometimes is worth it for the relationship building. But like if I went to going down to Texas to see you, it's like a half a day to get down there. I mean, it's an easy flight from Detroit to Dallas, but it's still get to the airport two hours or hour and a half in advance. And then it eats like a half a day down, half a day back. And then what we meet three or four hours. Yeah, it's all about opportunity cost, right? So I love Zoom for that reason. Or half a day of travel. I always was a go-to-meeting guy. I used go-to-meeting probably for 15 years. I swear to God, their tool got worse over the last few few years. And I was like, I think the last person to go, okay, I'm getting a damn Zoom account. I got rid of I got rid of my go-to-meeting, who it feels like a blown opportunity for them, but as a sales guy, it's a fantastic tool because you can start building that relationship in more of a personal way than just a few years ago. Yeah, and and it's true for us. And in, even in my experience, right, building lean marketing has been 100% virtual. 
I've been building my team virtually. I've been doing my sales virtually. Everything is virtual. Everything is through Zoom right now. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about making video. You can record in Zoom also. And like, well, even right now we're recording this and it's on Squadcast, which is better for podcasting, but it's very similar to Zoom in terms of usage. So you can create content in a way that we wouldn't have created not so long ago. So what's another thing that has forever changed sales and I'll say sales and marketing because it's changed everything? I think... You're talking about marketing and sales becoming more more blurred, right? Salespeople are on social media, and that's what you're talking about. You were talking about Instagram and how some of that's come over, and that's because Instagram accelerated this process of people building personal brands. And now those personal brands, there's like this evolution. And I saw this meme, and it was at first like brands were supposed to be more like people, and then now you have people becoming brands, brand ambassadors. So now we we're living in the age of the corporate influencer, right? And so a lot of salespeople have, have been building those audiences, like you were talking about, like Chris Jolly and a few other people that you mentioned. Another thing we talked about when we were prepping for this is another way that sales and marketing has changed quite a bit in recent years. It hasn't changed everywhere, but it's changed a lot of places, is the use of sales development reps or business development reps. So speak to that. And what, well, first off, I kind of explain what that is and then explain what you see, how the change has happened. Yeah, so the the sales development representatives and the BDRs, business development representatives, they're they're the guys who are on the phone, right, constantly. Like that's all they're doing. That's all they're responsible for is is mining for gold, is is what I call it. Uh, <laughs> Trey Griggs, our, our vice president of sales, is he'll probably put it more eloquently. But these guys are they're on the phone. They're surfacing leads, they're finding leads, and then surfacing those leads to you know your account managers or your account executives, right? The guys who are going to come in and close and then manage that account. And it's a great tool. We use them at, at Lean Solutions Group for our own salespeople because it's a great way to to get new leads, to generate new business. And I think also we talked about like in the logistics and transportation business, there always was that cradle to grave model where you were responsible for getting your own leads, which means you bang the phones. And then as soon as you get some customers, you manage those customers. And the challenge becomes at a certain point when you've got a handful of clients that you're managing, do you work on new leads? And the answer is probably not because you're so busy with, booking trucks and tracking trucks and managing a customer. So having an SDR BDR means I've got somebody focused on that. And that's why I think, I know some people love the cradle to grave and I'm not saying that's not necessarily always the wrong way to go, but I love the idea that somebody is responsible for that upfront piece and doesn't have to worry about moving a truck that day. Right? And I, I think you can rotate people around too. I'm not saying that that SDR never moves to the other side of the house, but I love that, the growth of SDRs. Yeah, and I would say like there are cases proven just on the fact that multitasking doesn't really exist. So like having one person manage multiple parts of a process is, I mean, you're ultimately just going to, you're asking them to succeed with one hand tied behind their back, right? Right. Focus is important. I love the idea of focus. And I think there's another thing in hand here. Some people are really good at beginning new relationships and managing. And so people like me, I'm a great opener. So you go, what you need to do is you always need to pair a good opener like me with somebody who's a good closer. And what I mean, 
because the energy for me is all in the upfront piece, which is developing those new relationships. I don't mind talking to people. The problem is the energy wears off and I don't care about closing it. So you need to take everybody and say, I'm going to plug you in, give you a focus. But what you might also find out is, hey, Joe's great at this role, but less great at this role. So by splitting that job up and and the SDRs is one way to do it is you start to put people where they can have the most success. Yeah. And it's even true, like after the sales closed, right? Where does it go from there? Because I know the sales, should I manage the whole process afterwards? Should I manage the implementation? Like for me, it's more projects, right? Not tracking loads, but like I have team members who I hand that right off, right? It's like a conveyor. I did my thing. Here you go. Like take the project, make it happen. Yeah. You don't put Wayne Gretzky on defense one day. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so we've talked about video and that is growing like a weed in so many places. We talked about Zoom, this whole idea of like, hey, we don't all have to travel. We can kind of have that face-to-face meeting. And we talked about SDR, BDR, and all of this kind of speaks to something that is, I think, at hand and has been happening for a while is this integration of sales and marketing. It used to seem like they were separate groups with marketing down one hall and sales down another hall, and they would kind of be frenemies, right, (laughs) where the the marketing group was always letting the sales group down and the sales group was always letting the marketing team down. And it seemed even that when you had a boss that was in charge of sales and marketing, if he came from sales, he was the sales guy. <laughs> yeah, and that's um, so marketing sales, the lines have blurred, certainly. The functions are still different, right? We just talked about who's part of that process, right? So in sales, you're talking about a one to one form of communication. In marketing, you're talking about one to many form of communication. So it's the right hand needs to know what the left hand is doing and each need to work together in order to put it all together, right? To make things happen. But what you're seeing today, and COVID did this, is is like people, salespeople are doing sales by doing marketing. <laughs> right. You know, and you're right. There's so many organizations that have a vice president of sales and marketing, but that person, nine times out of ten, came from sales. So all the resources go to sales and there's a (laughs) major investment in marketing. And then marketing just kind of becomes this weird fulfillment center. Like, Hey, I need a pitch deck and PowerPoints. Like make your own freaking PowerPoint, man. Like (laughs) I'll give you a template, but make your own PowerPoint. You're wasting everybody's time when you could be leveraging both one-to-one communication and one-to-many. Right. Sales guys can do that too with social media. Right. Yeah. That's what I was just going to say. And we still have sales guys. Again, if we started with this, this, a lot of sales guys are creating videos for themselves and they kind of jumped into that one to many world. And I think in a lot of times, I know uh, talking to you guys over at Lean, a lot of times the marketing group is kind of facilitating that let's create some videos for our sales leaders and our ops leaders. And I think that's great. That's the way it needs to be done. Yeah. When we make content, we think about, okay, how can this be used? And not just by us and through our corporate pages. Like a while ago, the best practice was, okay, if you have salespeople who are active on LinkedIn and I post something on the LinkedIn page as a marketer, I my hope is that the salespeople will share it, right? But what we've seen in our own salespeople's metrics, right? Because they can look at their own metrics too about views and stuff like that is like the metrics plummet when... They just share that post. But if they take the content and make like post it as their own, 
native a native post. The metrics are amazing. They get six times as many views, six times as much engagement. It's wild. So bringing the salespeople and making them a part of your one-to-many form of communication is, I think that that's the way forward. There has to be a partnership, right? Talk to them maybe once a month, once a quarter, whatever, just kind of get use them to brainstorm ideas. Because again, they're talking to customers. And they have good ideas too. And especially now, everybody's a marketer. If, if you don't take care of a marketer, like there's always been the saying, everybody's a salesperson. Well, right. Today, everybody's a marketer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to use the tools that you have. Yeah. It's, it is interesting because it's just the lines are blurred. And I will also throw one other thing on there is I'll put my marketing hat on for a minute. So I've done digital marketing with customers in the past. And one of the challenges is getting them to talk about what makes them different and better and talk about their operational superiority in an area. And usually to get an ops guy to talk to marketing, it takes an, an act of God. I mean, it's very difficult. They just don't want to, they're like, why am I being dragged into marketing stuff? I'm an ops guy, right? And if you want to be able to communicate that to this one-to-many, you want to be able to talk to prospects and potential customers about this, I need the ops guys to share. And maybe even, God forbid, be on a video. And it used to be almost impossible. Those guys would kind of look at like, I swear, I felt like they looked down at marketing, like, why am I talking to you? So we get new business. That's why you're talking yeah. to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you yeah. won't get I, to do ops if we don't get new business. That attitude is hard to overcome. It is. And I think it's actually like pretty, pretty common in, in the 3PL space, right? Is everybody's got their thing. Like I need to, I just want to move freight. I was like, okay, well, I can help move more freight if you'll just talk to me. (laughs) But I think that's changing just because I think we all see it. You know, when I see my competitions sharing content that very clearly had operational touches, then you realize, yeah, I got to participate. Yeah, the idea of subject matter expertise. I mean, it makes everything better. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we talked about video. We talked about Zoom making a lot easier on sales. We talked to SDR, our sales development rep, or business development rep. We talked about just this changing the integration of sales and marketing. I'll throw it also, also even dragging the ops guys in, kicking and screaming. And the last thing I wanted to talk about was this idea of remote. And it's remote slash outsourced. And, and you know, this is right up your alley. More and more people are having teammates who are remote. They don't work at the same company, but they're kind of attached at the hip to that company. So speak speak to that. I mean, I know this speaks exactly what you guys do at Lean, but talk a little bit about that. Yeah, we've talked about how COVID has changed and made certain trends really, really more permanent than we thought they were going to be, accelerated the schedule, whatever it is. For us, like at Lean Marketing, Lean Marketing is a new division of Lean Solutions Group. So we started last June and I have grown my team from five people to 22 people in that time. And I've met one in person. And the only reason I met her is because we needed her to do some training. And so she, we flew her up here to do training for a few days. Right. And, and she's, where, where does she live? She lives in Barranquilla, Colombia. So she's right there on the North Coast. So I guess that's the trend that is pretty new. All of a sudden, it seems as if, I mean, and Lean's, Lean's not the only one. They're just the best one. They're outsourcing back office operations, technology operations, sales and marketing operations down to Columbia. And it seems as if it just hit 
And it's never going back. We will forever work with remote teams. We'll forever outsource a chunk of our work to wherever it makes sense to outsource it. And right yeah, now it's to lean yeah, in right Columbia. Now it's, it's <laughs> lean in Columbia. We like Joe said, we are the best at it. So yeah, we set up those near shore satellite offices. This is not a call center. I mean, this is this is a high functioning, high professional environment for people in Columbia to do things operation, you know, that are seen as an operational cost or expense, right? But now we're we're in tech. Now we're in marketing and sales. So now we're in revenue producing functions of a business and companies can leverage that that near shore quality that near shore the right talent the right culture the right price you know the same time zone all that stuff and and really see just a massive impact almost immediately from what these people in Colombia can do right and so you know what's interesting is ryan i'm getting old so i've seen things <laughs> and i'm an automotive guy originally and we sent a ton of stuff to mexico i sent a ton of work to china and back in the day we would have said oh that's to save money and we probably did save money but what's interesting is there are certain areas of manufacturing and technology that we moved to china and I don't know whether they're cheaper or not anymore. They're just better because we've moved over. The expertise moved over there. Same with, and I'll tell you, financial stuff started moving and technical stuff started moving to Ireland in the 80s. And they had a very inexpensive, well-educated workforce, very similar to Colombia. They spoke our language just like Colombia. And what was interesting is it was just to save money. And they're on that little island. They aren't going to quit. There's nowhere to go. Well, what did Ireland become? a tech financial center. So it's only in the beginning, they're just cheap. <laughs> eventually, yeah, yeah. they're better. <laughs> and yeah, so I think, the we're, I, there. I think we're getting to that point. So when somebody says outsource, the first thing is, well, yeah, I'll outsource it, but it won't be the same quality. Wrong. No, <laughs> wrong. wrong. You're Very going wrong. to get the same quality. And don't be surprised if before too long, the outsource center is better at that service. So Ryan, I'm going to summarize, then I want you to give me final thoughts on this topic. So 3PL sales will never be the same. I mean, COVID accelerated some trends that we already saw happening. And one is this video we see people sharing on LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Who knows what's next? We didn't even talk about this, but Discord and Clubhouse, those are coming too. These are other ways that are all of a sudden where sales marketing is happening. Zoom changed everything for us. We're on Zoom calls constantly. As you said, maybe too much. <laughs> um, the use of SDRs and BDRs, uh, sales development reps, business development reps, that has changed us forever. I don't think you're going to see too many firms resist that trend. Well, some will <laughs> in our business. And then all this has kind of led to an integration of sales marketing in a way that I think people wanted for a long time, but now we're seeing it. And then last but not least, the idea of outsourcing and remote work. The, if you were to tell people 20 years ago, yeah, you'll send some of your team down to Columbia, they'd be like, what? Are you crazy? Now it's very common. Well, you guys work with 150 yeah. logistics companies. Yeah, 150 <laughs> plus companies. So 150 companies made the decision. So it's not, you're not the first one doing it. So final thoughts on this topic. The final thoughts are, 
I would say in, instead of continuing to keep these walls between sales and marketing, let's open up the dialogue. Let's get marketers and salespeople in the same room. Salespeople, invite your marketers to sit in on sales calls with you so that they can get firsthand knowledge of what that process looks like, who's a good fit for your product and stuff like that, so that they can refine their message and their approach. And then marketers, talk to your salespeople and instigate that relationship because you need to care about their numbers just as much as you need to care about your own. Because at the end of the day, everything is tied to business revenue. And if your marketing isn't tied to the revenue, it's pointless. So you've got to work together. Embrace that. Embrace that new relationship. Embrace the blurriness between the two departments and, and work as a team. Right. And as these technologies, again, forever changed our business, we're going to have to rethink all this. It's really maybe the old categories might not fit anymore. We might not all fit in our box properly. <laughs> so before you go, Ryan, tell us what's new over at Lean Solutions Group. Yeah, Lean Solutions Group is growing fast, growing steadily. And now we have four different divisions in staffing where we can handle back office operations, such as track and trace and pod retrieval. And then we have Lean Tech, Lean Sales, and Lean Marketing. Lean Tech and Lean Marketing provide augmented services as well as staffing services for those positions. And Lean Sales is your go-to for those BDRs and SDRs that you need to supplement your your sales team. Yeah, and it's crazy because everyone I talk to, and I talk to a lot of people, I always say, yeah, they'll say something about, oh, I'm looking for a guy, and I go, do you talk to Lean? And it's funny, as soon as they hear it, they go, no, I will, because you're like, I can have a guy on board like next week. Like, hallelujah. Like that problem I had is no longer a problem. So, so who do you guys serve down there? We serve transportation logistics companies, as well as financial services companies and healthcare companies. And you help them with back office stuff like tracking, tracing and logistics work. But it doesn't really matter to you, whatever that back office requires. So you could work with carriers, 3PLs, brokers. 3PLs, brokers, shippers, anybody and everybody. It doesn't matter. If you have an operational need, we can certainly fill it. And then you work with the sales marketing people up here uh, with supporting them with SDRs, BDRs, and marketing, right? And yes. talk about a little bit about the tech side. Actually, talk about I should also say, since this is going to publish before, we're doing a webinar together on April 15th, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes, but we're doing something on RPA. Speak to RPA for a minute, Ryan. Yeah, so Lean Tech is absolutely hands down the go-to experts on robotic process automation for transportation and logistics companies. There's a lot of discovery that goes into that. And because Lean Tech is so invested in the logistics space, they know what's worth automating and what should stay as it is, right? So they're really the, the perfect partner for, right. for that advancement in technology. <laughs> and I've only been recently educated on this. So when I hear ro- robotic process automation, I was like, is there like, you get a robot assigned to your house? I mean, is a robot sit down at the desk? And that's not apparently what happens. It is a more of a bot. So it's, it would read emails. So if you had like a ton of track and trace emails or a ton of get me a freight quote emails, a bot can read those emails and respond with a freight quote or with track and trace information automatically. And I think that's just so cool because I, I know some people want to send 
quotes, I mean, give me a freight quote. And if you have customers who don't want to use a TMS, if you have customers who want to send you a whole bunch of emails, you can't always say no to them. So you can have, rather than have a person take that and put it in your TMS, you can have a bot do that. And I think uh, they're relatively inexpensive from what Alfonso told me. It's all about creating efficiencies. In a business obsessed with efficiency, RPA is the ultimate efficiency tool. We're doing a webinar, so I will learn more at that webinar. And that's coming up, I think, April 15th. I'll put it in the show notes. Ryan, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on the podcast. Yeah, thanks, Joe. It was a great conversation, and I'm happy to be on it. Yep. Thanks so much. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast, Your Sports. Very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. <laughs>